Welcome to today's ILTA recorded podcast interview entitled Leading Your Firms Through Today's Legal Technology Challenges. I'm your moderator, John Graves, a training support specialist with the law firm of Winstead PC, and I am so excited to be joined by our speaker, Jeffrey Brandt, the Chief Information Officer at the law firm of Jackson Kelly, PLLC, and the author of the Pinhawk Law Technology email newsletter. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thank you for having me, John. Well, we are so excited about today's topic, and if it's okay, I'd like to dive right into the first question and ask what you see as the greatest technology challenges facing law firms today. Oh, good question. I think the uh, probably one of the biggest ones is adoption. Uh, there's a lot of shelfware still out there, firms buying tools, not getting it deployed, or not getting it used, or not getting it used at the level that they want it used, or what the original concept was. I think that uh, navigating the line between uh, too little tech and too much tech uh, is a major challenge for firms. And I think certainly the coordination and implementation of uh, disparate client requests is becoming a, a bigger deal. And uh, I've been doing this for 37 years. Jeez, it's been a while. Uh, and you know, client requests are reaching a, an all-time high and trying to figure out you know, what you're going to do. Uh, you know, sometimes you've got uh, you know, exact opposite directions that two different clients want you to go in. So that that can be a major challenge as well. That's true. And can you give us a little bit of background as to why technology is so important to law firms? We keep hearing about it. And maybe as a follow-up, are the firms actually keeping up with the technology trends or are we all really falling behind the curve? Well, it's interesting. Uh, depending on how you use the phrase uh, and, and how you're defining technology, I'd argue, and this may come to sound kind of strange, but I would argue that the technology it's by itself is not really that important. It really comes into, um, you know, there's a certain amount of you know, technology you need to get to the minimum uh, to get to the table. So for example, um, having the latest and greatest in Microsoft Word or Microsoft Office um, really doesn't do much. Uh, you know, it, it's again, keep the keep the water flowing, keep the plumbing going, keep the trains on time, whatever you might want to be, uh, but doesn't really add much uh, to the firm. It's when you start enhancing Word and using it uh, to support the business and the practice of law. So it's not just having the technology, but being able to put that technology into use for whatever business or uh, practice issues there might be. Um, and, you know, the, I'd almost argue that maybe the last decade or so, it's, it's been less about the technology and more about the adoption and process. I think to a certain point, that's a, a maturity of the technology that we have. Uh, you know, one of the old complaints uh, all the time was, you know, where do you go for a technology vendor that isn't one or two people, right? So we want bigger players. So uh, whatever curse that is, you know, now we've got Latera and others. Uh, which are big, big 800-pound gorillas, uh, and the, you know, the smaller player is less of an issue. So, you know, be careful what you wish for at times. But, uh, it, you know, it's the adoption. It's the process piece. Uh, I think you know, we've got uh, cultural change. Law firms are not known for being risk takers. Uh, and I think, quite frankly, if you're going to say the pandemic had any kind of silver lining to it, it was breaking the mold, breaking the, the hold, if you will, 
on some of those, well, I can't do that, I, I can't. And people realized when they went home to work that they had to do it. And it wasn't as hard as they thought it was. And so I think we've kind of broken through that. So you've got some cultural change on uh, what we can do, how we can do it, how we can implement it, uh, work from home, uh, hybrid working. Uh, you know, again, it's an interesting thing. So we were looking at, uh, as many firms did, re-examining how you do video conferencing and and uh, communications. Uh, and I, I went to some of our younger associates saying, you know, here are some plans we've got for the video conference rooms and augmenting it and here this, that, uh, the, the tech basically. And, uh, you know, the attitude was, well, you know, do whatever you want in the conference room. I don't care. I don't plan to leave my office. What I want to hear is what are you going to do to augment the tech in my office? So again, those things have changed a, a lot. Um, are firms ahead or behind the curve? Uh, I think it depends on the firm. I think to a certain point, when you go up the scale in terms of the larger firms, you know, they've got people out the wazoo. Uh, Harris Tilbitz, very good friend of mine, uh, runs uh, Scadden Arps, for example. Scadden Arps has more people in their IT department than there exists in my entire firm. So a firm like that could go forward with all kinds of investments and processes and, and so on with their technology. Uh, smaller firms, I think, are in some respects a little bit behind, but then again, smaller firms have taken the lead uh, on moving to the cloud and things like that. So it's not, uh, I mean, so here's another example in terms of technology. So um, one of the firms uh, recently won an innovation award for a tool they have that helps the lawyers locate technologies the firm already owns. So my mind that says you have too much technology or a bad communication plan or something, uh, because if you need a tool to be able to find the tools, uh, that, that, that's an issue. But I think we're, we, we certainly are ahead of the curve. We, excuse me, we've gone up the curve in the 30 years plus that I've been uh, in, in the legal market. That's great information. Now you mentioned smaller firms before, and you know we'll have some people on this call that are listening to the podcast that um, are with corporate legal teams as well. How can the smaller firms that don't have those large IT groups improve? Is there something they can do to try to keep up a little easily, a little more easily? I think, I think there's a lot of things that you can do. I mean. Uh, like I said, we, I, we're, our firm is a little under 200 attorneys. So in my mind, that's a small firm. If you're 25 lawyers, we might be a big firm to you. But um, I think it's, again, a balancing line between what can I accomplish internally? What do I want to accomplish internally? What are my core goals that I don't want to let go of? And then what can I outsource? Uh, a lot of people feel that you've got to have everything controlled internally. Uh, and Again, you go further down the, the chain, you know, it's, uh, you know, somebody's son or daughter that's uh, tech oriented and, and that becomes your, your tech support. I don't recommend those kinds of routes, but uh, the outsourcing piece and, and walking that line between what you do internally uh, and what you do externally, again, different firms devote different levels. Uh, a good friend of mine until recently was at a very big firm and they had a programming uh, development group larger than my, almost double my IT group size. Uh, and so, you know, they have all kinds of things. They build a lot of custom tools uh, and for their firm that really works. You know, if you're trying to do that with one programmer or somebody who's programming halftime, 
probably not a good choice in terms of how to utilize the resources that you've got. So again, there's a good balancing act is what you can do internally and what you can do externally. Um, one of my catchphrases uh, when I joined Jackson Kelly was I wanted to get us out of the plumbing business and into the business of practice of law. Uh, you know, again, uh, anybody can manage a network and, and I'm being somewhat generalized here, but you know, uh, to manage a network or to manage Jackson Kelly's network does not require an intimate knowledge of the lawyers, how they work, how they practice, you know, as a, as a business, as a law firm, how we work, how we exist. Um, and so that's something, those kinds of things are more easily outsourced. But, you know, to then try and say, okay, well, you know, here we've got the latest version of Microsoft Office and we're looking to use Power Automate or other tools uh, to push into the business and the practice of law. That's something that is very hard to outsource. You have to really know who are the, you know, how the paralegal workflow is working. What have you got as a, a roadmap and a practice map uh, within the different practices? You know, where do you, uh, where, where is the low hanging fruit? Those are the kinds of things that I think come best from internal personnel uh, that have the time uh, and the association with the organization. So I think that's probably uh, areas that can improve. Uh, I've always been a huge believer that three-legged stool, people, process, technology. It's in that order for a reason. You have to have the people, you have to have the process, and then you use technology to augment the two of those. Technology for technology's sake, spends a lot of money, can look flashy, uh, but usually doesn't do much. Um, having a vision and roadmap, knowing that this is where I ultimately want to be. Uh, and so here are my steps to get there, uh, whether it's moving from on-prem uh, to cloud or from uh, one kind of document management system to another, or moving further, as I said before, into the different practices, litigation, e-discovery tools, whatever it might be. Uh, making sure you've got uh, senior management support. Uh, when I was consulting uh, a while back, um, yeah, one of the big things was IT was kind of working, a couple of firms working in, a, in an ivory tower. And, you know, you've got to have senior management support. You have to be able to speak their language. And it's not a technology language. It's a business language to a certain point. Uh, you know, here's, here's your pain problems. Here's how technology is going to come in and support that or eliminate that or augment and uh, shorten the times to delivery or whatever it might be that uh, that you need to do as, as part of that. Uh, and then, uh, as I said earlier, uh, you know, when, when uh, you can win an innovation award for a tool that finds tools, education and communications. Uh, you, know, you can go a long way if you've got a solid education plan. Um, you know, and that works in all aspects, you know, system outage, uh, development, you know, here's our roadmap. Here's how we're gonna plan to get there. Here's the steps we need to take from a budgetary or other point of view, you know, we're not gonna be able to do everything overnight. It's not gonna be a forklift, you know, come in, uh, leave the office on Friday, come in on Monday, and we've now got the next generation systems in place. They're gonna evolve. Uh, and if you're dealing with machine learning or some of the more complex AI tools, there's a lot of training, a lot of things where those are baby steps, you know, crawl, walk, run as part of that. So communicating that and making sure that everybody knows Here's where we are. Here's where we are. You know, we've made it down this far on the roadmap. Here are the things to go. Here's how we're adjusting that roadmap as the economy changes, as our client requests change. 
uh, as the technology itself uh, changes and becomes more available. I think all those things are, are areas where firms can do some significant improvement. I agree. And as you know, you mentioned education. To me, that's near and dear to my heart, being a trainer in my firm. So something that's very key for me. So it sounds like three key components that you've identified are the people, the processes, and the technology to help firms navigate those technology challenges. Now, my question, my last question would be, given those challenges, would you maybe say there are also some non-technology challenges that might impact these factors we've been discussing? Oh, absolutely. Uh, as I said, culture, uh, every law firm culture is different. Uh, so being able to fit what you want to do, being able to explain, uh, being able to sell. I mean, that's a bad, dirty term at times, but you know, you have to be able to market the technology plan, the technology roadmap. You have to be able to get uh, senior lawyers and, and senior staff and so on on your side. Here's why we're going in this direction. Here are the business issues that we resolve as part of that. Uh, and again, it's it's adoption. It's the process. You, know, you don't uh, you don't say uh, you know what's a good example here. Uh, we we'll use Latera. Uh, you know, Latera just bought X, uh, and oh, X is a really cool tool. Uh, and, and actually, I'll back up and say that uh, uh, Legal Tech in New York. Always, every year I'd have some attorney would attend and they would come back saying, we have to have Fuzzbuster 5000. It is the latest, greatest. It is the you know, best thing since sliced bread. Uh, okay, what do we need it for? Well, it does this. Oh, well, we have tools that do that. Um, well, it does this. Okay, well, that's something we don't have. We've never had a, we have, do we have a process that would allow us to access and use uh, that particular piece of, of Fuzzbuster 5000? Well, no, we don't. And so, okay, so you buy it and you can't use it uh, because you don't have the process in place. Okay, well, you know, Fuzzbuster 5000 is going to be used by every level of attorney in the firm. The uh, younger lawyers, the associates and so are going to be doing the data entry. Uh, the senior lawyers are, are going to be uh, pulling out reports and looking at uh, progress and things like that. Uh, do you have acceptance across all the levels? You know, the senior lawyers are saying, I don't care what it is as long as it's there. Associates are saying, really, we're going to enter a thousand pieces of information on every single matter as it goes forward. I'm going to be doing data entry. I'm not going to be able to bill the clients. Uh, so again, those happy mediums, those balances between what is the workflow that you're trying to augment. And again, going back and looking at those, you know, uh, one of the, the phrases that I hate most uh, over 37 years is because we've always done it that way. Okay, legit, right? Uh, maybe there's a there's still a functional reason 10 years later, uh, 20 years later to be doing it the same way. Uh, but oftentimes you work back and it's because so-and-so preferred this process over another, or it ties directly to the technology. You couldn't do this in version 1.0 of the software. And so version 2.0, they came in and did it. Nobody bothered to look at from an education point of view, or from a uh, process point of view to change anything. So even now you've got a you know, one button click to fix whatever that problem is, you're still using the, the 32 step uh, side chat on how to get to, to do that, uh, even though the tool has it now natively. Uh, you know, those, the, those kinds of things are, as I said, I hate that phrase, but uh, looking at your processes, knowing what processes you wanna keep, 
what processes in 2022 in a work from home hybrid environment and a post, hopefully I can say post pandemic environment, uh, you know, things are not the same as they were. So what do we want to change as part of that process? Uh, you know, getting the mail delivered to your desk may not be a process that works anymore if you're not sitting at your desk, uh, you know, 100% of the time. Uh, so I think, again, those kinds of things where you, you need to work and dive into those processes, the, how the people are working uh, and, and adjusting that culture. I mean, it, uh, I could keep repeating myself, but that, that's the biggie, I think, in my mind is those are all non-technology challenges. You get through the people, you get through the process. Are there two or three tools that will do what you want to do? Probably. Uh, you know, there's there's only a few instances I can think of where there's only a singular tool available. And then again, you've got uh, your choice in the matter and is made very simple uh, because there is that only one tool. Yeah, very much. So, you know, I just want to take just a moment to wrap this up. Thank you very much for your time today, Jeff. My guest has been Jeffrey Brandt, the Chief Information Officer at the law firm of Jackson Kelly and the author of the Penhawk Law Technology email newsletter. On behalf of Jeff, myself, and the International Legal Technology Association, thank you for listening to this podcast and have a great day. Take care, everybody.